You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 152. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 152. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. I'm ready. You're ready? You ready? I don't... Oh, well, you can play, so... A record. <laughs> record, so it's, we're ready. Well, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen if we're ready. So, right. I mean, well, first of all, we're back. We're back. And, and we're, we're back. back. It's 945 in the air. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Folks, real special guest here this morning. Dirty Dad, the garbage man. Z105's newest DJ is here. Like, we will beat a joke. We would, we would like to welcome Dirty Dan the Garbage Man. <laughs> <laughs> is that your garbage truck? No, it's just the morning show noise. Oh, <laughs> like a little hoot and holler, a little jingle? Yeah. So, okay, so shit epically hit the fan. I completely, like the hippie in me completely blames it on Mercury and retrograde. Mm-hmm. But if you're on my email list, you got my email saying, sorry, there's no pod this week. Yeah, and I mean, we're... Shit. <laughs> we're pretty <laughs> religious about not skipping a week. They're always delivered on Monday. And it was a massive lesson of me relinquishing control. I mean, on the back end, I was in Mexico with the Tanning Tacos and Transformation Retreat. Amazing group of girls, yes. Oh, my God. Just one of the most incredibly rich experiences. So I'm having... So fun. I'm having this amazing time with them. Mm-hmm. Which I was not invited to, by the way. Yes, you you have shared that. Mm-hmm. No, have I? <laughs> yes. That, uh, that, see, I, I didn't even realize that was coming out of my mouth. I'm but, sorry. but they were so beautiful. I made a little <laughs> card for you. And they, know, they signed so the card and said hello so to Mr. Sweet. Smith. And I loved it. That was they really all thoughtful. did a bunch of like... Mr. Smith, would you rather? <laughs> would you rather come with us to Mexico or have forty-two of us in your house? In your house. <laughs> I was like, I think I'd rather go to Mexico, honestly. <laughs> so, um, so it was really, really great. So I was having this phenomenal time with them, but then the Wi-Fi was completely spotty and sketchy, and so I had to be in this one tiny little area trying to coordinate with my assistant and my you web had to hold people. Your phone in a certain place. And be like, please, can this happen by Monday? And just, it was just a nightmare. But it was a really great lesson for me to, like, I I described to the women while I was there that sometimes I feel like because I love a lot of order and organization and I like to plan and I like strategy and I like things to be really dialed out, that that can really serve me in a lot of ways, but then sometimes it steals my joy because my grip on control is so tight. Right. And it's almost like that proverbial unclenching of the fist. And I felt like I really had to do that, like just kind of throw my hands up and just say, you know what? I'm not going to lose all my listenership if I miss one week. So anyway, all of that to say, thanks (laughs) for hanging in with me. Absolutely. Glad that you guys are here. And by the way, we've already started drumming up plans for 
Triple T 2017. Yeah, you almost have to. We Yeah, we have to. So we're looking at ways in which we want to improve and change. So it's basically a retreat, if you didn't know about this, where we took 42 women to Mexico. And it's this hybrid of vacation and transforma- transformation. So... And, and the friends for life. Like, they're already talking about meeting up in six months and planning their own shit. Like, Aww, that's and fun. many of them did not know each other at all. Right. So, we are starting to plan. So, if you're interested, go to triple T retreat.com and you can enter your name and email, and you'll be the first to hear about it when we open registration for the next go around of it. So, it was incredible. Just. I mean, I was a blubbery mess, just crying. I love to feel my feels, though. I'm like, oh, so much emotion. It feels so good. I'm in a glass case of emotion. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Ron, where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. Oh, my gosh. But it was fantastic. So since you didn't get to have mic time last week, that's right. I think it's time for you to oh, do man. a little bit of a... Would you rather... All right. So today's Would You Rather is would you rather have to listen to a Nicki Minaj album on repeat for a month or... And no breaks? No breaks. Just have it on repeat all the time for a month. Oh, my God. Okay. Anybody, really, but, you know... Just personally. Okay. Nicki Minaj for me. Uh, eat a cereal bowl of toenail clippings. Yikes. Yikes, right? Uh, oh. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Those are... Oh, my God. I'm just... That's a tough one, huh? Do you know what you would pick? Oh, boy. That's An tough. entire cereal... You know, cereal? as I wrote that one, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to choose. Wait a minute. So the toenail... Are the toenail clippings mine? No, just in general. A rando. Just, just rando toenail clipping from <laughs> picked up off the off the street. I think I'm going to go for Minaj. Nicki, Nicki Minaj, yeah. yeah. Like, because I don't... Well, that's just a one-time thing. Like, you're done. Boy, it'd be a hard coming out the other end, too, wouldn't it? But I don't think I could get through those toenail clippings that quickly. I, I guess you just kind of have to swallow them. Obviously, fear is not a factor for you. You can't, you can't just like, <laughs> you can't really chew them very well. So they'd be kind of scrapey. It'd be uh, like, it'd be. Have uh, you ever gotten a, a sunflower yeah, seed stuck in your throat? Yes, it's horrid. It's awful. Imagine that like scratch. Fifty of them. Uh, uh. Oh, it's so bad. I think I could probably get them down pretty quick though. Like if I just like muscled through. But do you think like if you picked Nicki Minaj, you would have it in your head for like a, a good year? Oh my god! Do you think it Can would? Can you like, imagine in, if that if a Nicki Minaj song came on after that month? You'd be like, find a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> He's so dramatic. Oh my god! I'm sorry, I, Nicki Minaj. I just randomly. I don't. Yeah, you. I don't hate her. I don't know much about her songs except for a handful of the ones that have been mainstream. But right. I I don't listen to her it's album. Not, I'm not, or anything. It's not my favorite. I'll just put it. But it way. has. It's like it's. It would be way worse for me to listen to Rihanna, like that. Oh, really? That wine, like oh, yeah. Ella, Ella. I'd be like, oh my god, I can't. <laughs> so, but I think there's a ton of voices that just if they were on repeat, you're like, I'm done. For sure, I think anything for a month straight would probably get you a month. But to have something kind of like that irritates you. 
going all the time? I think, Worse. yeah. I still think I'd pick. I can't with the for tone. a month though. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna go with the toenail clippings. I just do it. I just get her done. You are just you. Just man you're up. Ama- you're an Woman up. Man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Shit. All right. So let's talk about our subject for today, which I'm really excited about. We've never done this before, and it is why hope is a four-letter word. Mm. And I was thinking, well, it's a four-letter word because it's spelled with four letters. Like, yeah, a smart ass. Yeah, it is. But I hope you guys get the connotation that it, it's four-letter words are typically bad, like profane. Wow, babe. Thanks. I will Tourette's there. And that is why we have explicit content label. Wow. So welcome to the Smith approach to personal development. (laughs) So I I really wanted to talk about this because I think there's a handful of virtues or concepts that get thrown around in our society that we think are really incredible and great ideas but can actually be detrimental in the long run. So don't get me wrong. I don't think hope is awful or horrendous or like don't have hope. That's a lame thing. (coughs) I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying look at your opportunities as we talk about this where you lean on hope as a crutch Mm. because that's what I really want to underline is that it's not that noble. In a lot of ways, you know, and just the same way we've talked about people pleasing, you know, we think putting everybody in front of ourselves or above ourselves or prioritizing everybody over ourselves is just so noble. And it's not. It's actually just kind of the way in which we've been taught about how we treat other people. And I think the same is true for hope. We're kind of taught that it's so virtuous and so incredible and amazing. And I'm like, um, unless it is becoming a crutch and kind of influencing a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I just wanted to say is I really do think that hope sometimes brings a huge element of comfort You know, when you hope for a better life or you hope for things to be a brighter future or if you're going through dealing with grief or death or something like that and you're like, I really, I'm hopeful for Mm. feeling better. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I do think that it can... There's a place for it. There's a place for it, for sure. And it can bring comfort. But I really think more often than not, hope is banking on people you can't control doing things you can't control and perpetually puts off happiness to a future date. Mm. Well, I'm interested to see how you. Uh, I'm interested to see how you approach it. Approach it, yeah. Yeah. How you come at it. Well, the first thing is I think hope is a four-letter word because it allows you to avoid a solid plan or strategy. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this a lot in marketing. I, I can't remember who I heard this from, but they said hope is not a strategy. You cannot lean on hope marketing. Like just, I hope that people buy. I hope that this is what they want me to sell to them. It's like, no, no, no. You need to actually have a strategy. You need to have a sound plan. Or, you know, anything where you think about, well, I really hope this goes well. It's like, well, did you have a plan in place? Did you have a strategy? If you're just hoping it goes well with your in-laws. Right, right. 
chances are you don't have any sort of plan or strategy about how you might engage with them or if this were to happen, then here's how I'm going to behave or here are the boundaries that I need to establish and here's what I'm asking for from these people instead of just, well, hope and a prayer, hope this works out. It's like, no, no, no. How about we craft some sort of plan? Right. It kind of reminds me of that joke where the guy is praying to God and mm-hmm. he's like, please let me win the lottery. I can, you know, I'll do good things with it and I'll be, you know, a good steward. And, you know, he keeps praying, keeps praying and he never wins the lottery. And he, so he starts cursing at God saying, why didn't you, why haven't you given me the lottery? Like I've prayed and I've done everything you've asked. And all of a sudden the clouds come and, you know, they part and a big booming voice comes from this guy and he goes, meet me halfway, buy a ticket. Right. Right. It's right. Like, you've got to take some action and have a plan on what you want you can't just hope that it's going to happen to you right that's kind of what you're saying yeah got it i mean it's it remember the huge law of attraction boom of 08 of 07 and 08 the secret secret. and that was one of the biggest problems and all of these spiritual teachers everywhere were going no you don't get it that's you don't just hope for it and dial into the universe you actually have to take inspired action you have to start doing something to move toward those goals like it really isn't so crazy Mm. and magical it's just strategy and plans and what you put on your radar and then going after it yeah so same thing can be said for hope that it's a great idea but until you have a solid background and a plan and a strategy it's way more anxiety inducing. In fact, I was thinking about how. Because then you have zero control. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was thinking how hope for me really has much equivalent equivalence to anxiety. Because mm. it feels so out of control. It's like, well, I hope it works out. I hope this party goes well. I hope mm-hmm. people show up. I hope this. I hope that. When it's like, well, did you take the proper steps to do everything that you can? And sure. granted, I think if you have taken a lot of proper steps and you have owned your responsibility and you've looked at the things that you are in control of, hope probably doesn't feel nearly as anxiety-inducing Yeah. than if you are just straight-up banking on it. Or if you've, you know, in the... the- case of the party you've gotten your rsvps right right you right so if you've done everything within your power you can kind of go all right i really hope this goes well and that's far less anxiety inducing than if you said i hope this goes well and you have all your ducks in a row and you've done everything you know you can so all right so the second thing that hope does is it allows you to stay in denial Massive denial. How so? You don't call a spade a spade. So this I see massively in relationships, like in intimate relationships where I'm like, I really hope he'll change. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you also see this hugely with parent-child where, I mean, if you watch Intervention or anytime somebody, you really want somebody else to do something. Right. And you're like, I really hope they'll change. I have hope. That they will become the the child that I know they can be if they would just shake this addiction. Mm-hmm. Or I have hope that my spouse will totally change after we've had this conversation over and over again. And he's proven to me over and over again he's not willing to change. But I have hope. It's like, no, no, no. You're just in fucking denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. What yeah. were you? No, no. What, just listen. You're just, just musing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there's – it's not a problem – to always want change. Like we've certainly talked about relationships that you and I have both had, like with your your father or, you know, just random people in our life where we really are allowed to want what we want. Like you can want your child to get clean and sober if, you know, they're abusing alcohol or drugs. Like you can want that all you want, all you, all damn day. But if you are leaning on hope, which then leads you into enabling behavior. That's when it's a problem. So you can always hold on to hope, but don't allow that hope to fuel your action mm-hmm. and detrimental behavior that is ena- enabling or regressive or self-sacrificial, like making it so that you're staying in a relationship that's totally abusive because of hope. Mm-hmm. You could break out of that relationship, get a divorce, break up, Still have hope that they'll change, but it's not dictating detrimental behavior. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a way, and that's why I was saying it's a problem if you use hope as a crutch. So how do you know if you are? Well, I think it is how repeated it is. Like if Um, if it is... So if it's a pattern. If it's a pattern, if it's Uh, a constant, I keep bailing my kid out of jail, and now they've stolen all this money from me, and I allow it because I just hope that they're going to change and stop with this drug abuse or whatever it is. Or same thing with a partner. I just hope that they're magically going to change all this stuff, Mm -hmm. even though we've addressed it over and over again and their behavior has been the same over and over again. That's such a hard example. I mean, it's not – I mean, I'm just looking at extreme cases where we lean into Mm -hmm. it because we see how good somebody can be. I know, right? And we root for them. We Mm -hmm. genuinely root for them. Like, especially with your children, it's like you believe that they can change and you see who they could be when they don't. It's almost like you feel like if you don't keep giving them those chances that you are not doing everything you can to help them. Right. So it's like hard to draw the line between what's enabling and what's actually providing some help for them. Right. You know, that's such and a that and that is different in every single case. <clears throat> in every case, yeah. But I'm talking about severe cost to your own happiness, your right. ability to move on, right. your ability to be the person that you want to be. Because in many of those situations, you're not happy. Right. Your life is a shit show because you are hoping someone else will change Mm -hmm. and then that is you're relying on your them for your happiness which brings me to number three oh mr smith for the win segway smitty (laughs) i'm gonna call you segway smith (laughs) yeah and i mean that is really so so poignant and that is that you if you are counting on hope you're perpetually putting off your happiness because Everything is future-oriented. Oh, yeah. Everything is. It it is once my husband gets his shit together, once my kids finally figure out what college they're going to, or once they finally get a job, then things will start to unlock. Then I can finally be happy. And they probably will, but that doesn't mean that you can't be happy in the meantime. That's exactly right. right. Or, Or I really, really hope I get pregnant. Great. Right, right. But That's that, a good, one. good example. That is also, I mean, I've seen people damn near destroyed in the quest for baby. Yeah. 
And it is because there's one way in which to be happy. That's it. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to want that. I'm just saying if you are always putting this kind of umbrella statement on yourself that I'll be happy when these certain things happen and you hope they will. Yeah. It is future happiness. I mean, that's why you also see people staying in relationships that they hate for so long yes. or a job that they hate, yeah. hoping that new management management will make a difference, hoping that you'll get a promotion and then that will make you happy. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant future orientation of your joy and happiness instead of really looking at what you can do right now. Interesting. What's within your power right now. And it also inhibits us from really relishing the present moment. Like, it is already so incredibly challenging to stay present, period. Anyway, right. We're always looking at shit we did wrong in the past or what we need to do in the future. Like, wait, 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 wait. putting out fires, putting out fires, what's next, what's next, what's next? We already have such a challenge stopping and smelling the roses. Right. Or just our basic senses, like feeling the ground beneath our feet or the sheets on our skin and our bed or how our food really tastes, we're on to the next thing. On a, on a, uh, on a, on a physical level, like what I see in my work, <clears throat> excuse me, is what that does when you're constantly in that, what's next, I got this to do, I'm got to go here, and, and you're constantly thinking about your next move. It keeps your sympathetic nervous system turned on. That's right. We You've mentioned this before. I love this. And what that does is it puts you in that fight, flight, or freeze mode <clears throat> constantly. Yeah. You're always in that. And when you do that, your nervous system starts to frazzle. Right. And wear down. Right. And get tired. And it never turns off. Even when you lay down to go to sleep. Or you can't shut your brain off. You can't shut it off. Right. Because it's stuck in the on mode. That off switch is not working. Right. Right? So it physically manifests in tight muscles. um, Insomnia. Disease. Digestional problems. Sure. You know, you have all these things go on because all of your nervous system is stuck in this mode. Right. Right? So, yeah. Getting present is a very difficult thing if you're always in that future mode right. or in that past mode. It's a very diff- hard place to be. That's why massage is such a great thing right. in getting that nervous system turned off. You're physically turning it off, right. but you're also getting your mentality to shut off at the same time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's I'm so very glad that you brought that up because... I think that sometimes when we talk about staying present or being in the now, people dismiss it. Well, They're it's kind like, of a... It's woo-woo. It's, ob- it's, ob- it's obscure. Yeah, and you abstract. It's, it's, it's hard to grab. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's for hippies. Uh, just tell me how to make my husband be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just tell me how to stop talking shit to myself. And we really don't want the answer to be mindfulness or to unplug we want to know how to be more productive. Right. We want to know how to plan better and be more effective. And we don't think about refilling our bucket so that we can be better in every other area of the our life. Irony, the irony of that is, is you'll be more productive right. if you do that, right? Yeah. So I think sort of like the real world application of that, like if you really do want to 
unplug a little bit and set yourself up for a little bit more of a success of being present is to start looking at this role of hope. Like, have you been, whether it's, whether hope, the word resonates with you or forward planning or any, you know, whatever it happens to be for you, do you put a lot of focus on future, future happy? And I'm not saying don't plan, like sure, for sure, of course. knock yourself out. But are there any areas that we've kind of discussed here today that really do inhibit you from turning off mm-hmm. and recharging and re- caretaking for yourself? And is one of them constant emergency mode, putting out fires, what's next, what's next, what's next? Exactly. And you might need to build in respite. You might have to build in massage, meditation, tranquility, downtime. And those are the things especially the women that I work with and men who are huge overachievers, strivers, and really value accomplishment, it's very hard for them to value taking time for themselves to actually recharge because it's not, we're looking for that immediate benefit. We're looking for the immediate check off the box instead of let me refuel myself so that I can be more productive elsewhere. And it's yeah. usually not until a massive breakdown, ailments, uh, physical distress, mm-hmm. that you go, okay, no, I'm going to have to slow down or else my body won't sustain. I think a, a, a part of that is knowing your why. Say more. Like knowing why you're doing something. Sure. Why am I hoping so much? Right. What is it that I really am trying to get from this instead of the what? Yeah. You know, like what I need to do is... It's more like, why am I thinking like this, mm-hmm. right? And then when you have that why secure, the what will lay out right. in front of you. Well, that's interesting because we talked a lot about, you know, at the retreat, we were talking a lot about worthiness. And that was one of my keynotes that I delivered was this quest and this chase for worth. And I would argue that almost all of our striving and ambition most of the time doesn't come from a place of fulfillment, but it comes from a place of then I'll be worthy. Right. Then I'll be enough. Yes. And that could really be underneath. Yes. I was. I got this from a book called What's Your Why? Mm-hmm. Um, put, I'll put that in the show notes. Hold on. Let me look at it real quick. I want to make sure I quote it correctly. Um, but he, he was basically giving a anecdote of, you know, a bunch of successful you know, very successful businessmen in a room together. Yeah. And he's like, how many of you have met your financial goals this year? And about 80% of hands went up. Okay. I met my financial goals. And the next question was the one that really grabbed. It was, okay, those of you keep your hands up. How many of you feel successful? And every single hand went down. Wow. Right? So, And it, it, people <clears throat> who... By most society standards, we would say, yes, they're successful. Right. right. It's called Start With Why. Oh, Start With Why. Simon Sinek. I'll put it in the show notes too, guys, if you can find out. It's a great read. Um, It's more business oriented, but you can get what you want from it, you know? Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, that's great. I I loved that concept. I thought it was really poignant. Well, I mean. And it fits into the whole hope category here too, you know? And it's, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think you find people who are 
athletes who would say the same thing. Yeah. I know for myself, working in makeup artistry and the beauty fashion industry, I would meet models who by all societal stand- standards looked like they would love themselves yeah. and were miserable. Yeah. Or fashion designers who had done incredible things who were miserable. And so it really does come down to your relationship to self and your ability to truly love now. Like we yes. put so much into the future, future oriented, then I'll be happy, then I'll be happy, then I'll be happy. Yep. Have a baby, then I'll be happy. If only I can get this promotion, then I'll be happy. If only we, once we move, once we relocate, then everything will open up for us. That's right. That's right. And that is what hope is. Well, mm-hmm. I hope I'll be happy when all these other factors line up. So that's what I'm saying is having your why will help you understand whether your hope is um, something that is serving you or not. Right. That's great. Mr. Smith, life coaching for the win. (laughs) No, you're right. It is, do I have hope because this is fulfilling for me and comforting for me? Or is it because I have to have that in order to be happy? Exactly. Yeah, that's great. And the, number four is really closely tied. But another reason why I hope it's a four-letter word is because you put all of your power into external forces and people. And mm. that's in the same context of rendering you powerless. Because Looking for external ways of staying happy instead of internal? Is that what you're saying? Right. Well, okay. not only are you perpetually putting happiness on hold, but you're also giving your power to all these other people. So oh, now yeah. you're saying, well, I hope my kids clean up their act and then I can be happy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you you really render yourself completely out of control. Right. Like you because there's nothing you can do to control your your happiness or fulfillment unless somebody else does something, I'll says feel something. fulfilled if my son does blah. Or I mean even even for me, it's like uh, or I really hope that I it, I have an audition coming up. Like, I definitely want to get a role in it, for sure. But if I say, it, you know, oh, gosh, this these people rule over my, my life, my right, and my happiness, like, the only way in which I can be happy or fulfilled is if these people accept me and this director likes me right. and casts me in a role. It's like, no, no, I'm allowed to want that, for sure, but I'm happy now. I don't have everything like banked on that in right. particular. And I also, if I'm so focused on them, then I don't focus on what I can control, which is, as you guys know, I always love to talk to my body when I have a fear response of heart palpitations. Mm. And if if I was so focused on hoping that they give me the role – then I probably would be freaking out, going like, oh my God, I hope I don't mess up my lines. I hope I don't. But I don't focus on their power. I focus on my power. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I go, okay, thank you, body. You're just coming to my rescue. rescue. We're actually <laughs> not in danger. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're totally prepared. And I take back my power. Like, what can I do right. instead of what I can't? I can't give myself the role. Right. I can't make somebody love me. I can't make a child get clean or go to college that's or great, that's a great um, technique I love it it's and again I really want to underline that you don't stop wanting it right you just recognize what's in your power and what's not mm-hmm. and then you make actions and behavioral choices 
based off of what you can control. Right. Too often, we make those behavioral choices based off of trying to force somebody to do something yes. because of hope. Right. Right? Y- yeah. And, and the other thing to kind of point at is just because you're content doesn't mean you don't have to keep striving. Or because you're striving doesn't yes. mean that you can't have contentment. Right. Um, I, that doesn't quite fit into the, the hope category necessarily, but it does fit into, um, you know, uh, being present and still planning for your future. Being ambitious. Right. Well, that's the thing is people think if I'm not always future oriented or if I really am happy now, I won't be motivated to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Uh, no, it's actually the, you get to decide that. First of all, right. how lazy you are, how, you know, I would get, guarantee if you're ambitious, you're probably not going to just all of a sudden become a lazy ass. Right. But right. imagine if you can be ambitious and love yourself. Exactly. Like just imagine what you could accomplish. Man, oh man. So yeah, I love what you said about that. Cause sometimes people equate that to inaction you know right. if i become so happy now in this present moment then i won't i won't it, i'll have nothing pushing me right and it's like what if what if fulfillment was pushing you right You're instead of loathing yeah right cool so i mentioned this a little bit on pod 151 and again like i said there's been some tech shit show happening <laughs> so next week you will be getting all the information on my latest workshop that's coming oh, up. So yeah. Which one's coming up? It's a brand new one. They're going to have to stay tuned for Ooh, next week. I don't even know about this. You don't. No. You don't because we've had a little hitch in our get along here. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully. Ah, ah, look at you. It was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you really got a kick out of yourself just now. So witty. Hashtag yeah. witty. Hashtag wit. Oh my gosh. Too witty to quitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wit show. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So on that note, uh, if you have anything that's come up for you as you have listened to our show today, we actually take listener submissions. Love so, them. Yeah, we really appreciate them because then it gives me insight into what has landed really well for mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. and then what you... And the more content you can build off of that. Exactly. So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com and click on podcast, you'll see an opportunity to submit a show topic. And while you're there, be sure to get my free e-workbook called Stand Up For Yourself Without Being a Dick. And Yuck. it... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gonna take it? You're going to take that dick. You're going to take that dick with my dick. So it's, and it is nine different proven challenges to help you change a lot of these things, how you feel about your self-confidence and your Mm self-love. So if you have not gotten that yet, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Like, go, no, just kidding. I'm not going to shame, no shaming, no shaming. But go get it. And it's one of those ways in which to set yourself up for success so next week be sure to hang out do not miss it i'm going to spill all the deets on my brand new workshop Mm -hmm. Uh, and mr smith you can come if you want you can come if you want get out of here i don't know if you've ever come to one of my workshops i have not you might i've never been invited ew have i 
Well, I mean, they're available to everybody every time we promote on the pod. Oh, okay. So you're saying I have to take some initiative. So I'm making you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.